Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. It's going well. Um, um, I'm working through some things, uh, obviously, because we always do. But I'm I'm working with boundaries again. I'm working with very specifically with some boundaries again. Okay. Um, and uh, having to do with my mother. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I just I just spent a, a weekend over at a friend of mine's house, and I was we were talking about somebody else in our lives and they really put something into perspective with me which was really really wonderful and and we were talking and and she's like you know i i I love this person but i don't i don't ever want to go back to that again like that kind of relationship the goods were good but the bads were really you know not so great yeah absolutely and i just sat there and i'm like okay you know and and We've talked about it. You've you've given me analogies and whatnot, and I, yeah. I think you just every once in a while need that reminder that it's okay yep. to set these boundaries. It's okay to say this. It's is, okay to not be friends with people, right? Um, and this is this is where I am. And if you choose to meet me here, that's fine. But that's your choice. And, yeah. and if you don't, then I don't want you in my life at this point. So, well, I mean, isn't it isn't it okay just to not want somebody in your life without having to have the reasoning? You know, it it is. It like I mean, like this person doesn't feel good for me in my life, so I don't want to be with them. Right, conceptually, yes. Yeah. However, like it's my mother. You know what I mean? So like it, there's that there's still that very warring Yeah. piece that goes along with it. And you know, we we ended up talking about my mom too and and um, I'm like, you know, I she's I don't know that I would have ever left the state, but, you know, the area yeah. area, but I, I didn't leave the state because of that, you know, because of my mother, because of the, okay. there is on some level, some part of my reasoning for always living where I've lived yeah. has had to do with that. Um, okay. Because she, you know, would need me, you know, there was, there was this. Yeah, I hear you. you like a, an obligation feeling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's that's a big part of it is that feeling of obligation and and that makes sense because i mean that's one of your crutches you know you go to obligation to avoid having to make the choice of whether or not you want them in your life exactly exactly it could be obligation of you know like well they've done this so much for me and then there's this or in this case it's a biological issue yeah yeah um so you know for a while i've i've my mother got a new phone a while back and she's learned to text um which has been great because i don't have to hear her voice because her voice is actually one of my triggers on a regular basis yeah and i can just look at the facts and what what she's asking and say yes or no i'm available or not 
without having that whole emotional ugh and feeling of need to right you and know, she can't drag it on and right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i mean you choose whether you look yeah. at the texture exactly exactly yeah um so that's been that's been good but so she uses a storage unit that i had a few things in. okay you know so i had a few things in it in the great scheme of things it's a small storage unit and i think I take up less than 5% of the space. Okay. But she needed storage unit for stuff, so we threw everything in there, and it was supposed to be temporary three and a half years ago, four and a half years ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't been, and I've, I've paid for it all the way through, and um, they've just changed ownership. And in that ownership change, there's there were a lot of there's price changes, like, uh, you know, almost 100% more, you know, like I spend fifty five dollars, give or take, for yeah. this small thing, and it's now going to be like eighty five dollars. You know, like it's it's a yeah. huge huge increase. Yeah, and um, so I, you know, I texted my mother and I said, you know, you can choose. I'm getting my stuff out of there. You can choose what to do with this, but realize I will no longer be paying for. It. Yeah, you know, this is not something that uh, that I wish to do anymore, and it is just going to be the way it is. I'm just not going to pay for it. Yeah, and it started out with. Well, can you help me move my stuff? And can you do this? No, no, I can't. No, no. yeah, you know, I mean, I can pick you up. I will have gladly pick you up and drop you off and pick you up again and drop you off again. But I'm not, I'm not going to take stuff. I'm not doing stuff. And you know, she asked why, and I, I was very clear. I said, you know, because we don't work well like that together, and I don't feel like being put in that space. I don't feel like feeling like that. I don't want to feel like that. It's yeah, just the way it is. You yeah, know? absolutely. I don't want to have to be there while she paws over like whether to keep stuff and whether or not to. Keep it. This is all you know boundary maintenance. Yeah, and and yeah. I I I guess I just I mean boundary maintenance doesn't mean it always goes smooth. I mean right. boundary maintenance <laughs> means that that person is going to reject your boundaries and right. you're gonna have to reassert them regardless of the crisis yeah 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 i just it's 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 just that's part of what i've i've been this point so awesome yeah i mean it sounds like you're you're handling it with her really well yep how are you handling it with you um there's some anxiety some deep-seated you know gut issues going on you know like okay. feelings in the gut um, I don't, uh, you know, as the time comes closer to us being out or her being out in this case, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, did you get your stuff out? Not yet. No, I've got to go get that. This is, this is all fairly recent. So I'm going to go grab that. We have until the end of, um, the end of next month Okay. to get things out before, before they jack the price up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and as part of that whole thing, they're like, and we need 30 days notice of quit or no two months, whatever. It was like a more than a month of notice to that's not how storage it. units work according to them it is it's not you know yeah um so you know i i called them and said this is the deal like, oh well we need it in writing okay great you know and so like i have to i had to write up an email and but as we get closer to that that spot i am anticipating the and internalizing that anticipation i am anticipating the fallout of well, all my stuff is going to, and, and I'm anticipating it on my end and, and I'm, I'm trying to work through the, well, you do not have to be involved in that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Emotionally. Intellectually, you know this. Intellectually, I know this. Yeah, Emotionally, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Ugh. and then there's also the thing is if, you know, she doesn't get out, then there's this exorbitant cleaning fee that will happen too. that. I, I yeah, and it's all in your name. And it's all in my name. So, so you know, I I, I you. have to become a 
okay with if that should happen. Because yeah. historically, that is a thing. If that should happen, I have to be okay with spending that money and consider it money spent specifically to end, avoid the issue. To avoid the issue, to end yeah. the deal. Yeah. Which is also a little weird for me. You know what I mean? I've been... Yeah. It's another thing I've been working on is 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 money. Money's been really tight. I think we're going to talk about that. Well, and I mean, this has been a reoccurring thing. It's oh, not yeah. like the first time you guys have had storage unit wars. Like, oh yeah. I mean, this is this has happened over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things for me that tends to be really helpful in these settings mm-hmm. is to really try to focus on the facts. Right. Yeah. How old is your mother? 70? Somewhere in that vicinity, yeah. Is she... Has she been able to make it to to this point in life without depending on you for everything? I mean, sometimes it doesn't feel like that, but yes. Yes, she has. Okay. (laughs) Um, Like, if I'm a 70-year-old person and I have a responsibility, I'm not going to look to other people to take that burden for me. Right. And your mom has learned over years that she can push that burden off onto you or to your sister or to whoever else it might right the community whatever so i think it may be helpful just to kind of reiterate in your mind like that this is a behavior of hers that existed long before you were born right and will exist long after you've decided to give up on the situation like I mean, that's how your mom operates. She doesn't solve her own problems. She looks outward for other people to come in and solve them for her. And at 70 years old, that's worked for her. But you don't have to be one of those people. Right, right. And so that that leads into this, this other piece. One of the things that I've been doing is doing brain work. We had done a deep dive on yeah. marijuana use and PTSD, right? Yeah. A while back. And one of the things that, that came out of it for me was a way of thinking and a way of doing things, like a protocol for myself that I use. Okay. So what the marijuana does is it is it ramps down the, the brainstem, the amygdala, I think it's the amygdala, that, that worries about threat and so on and so forth. Yeah. And ramps up the prefrontal cortex. So it's more of a healthier relationship and communication between right, the two. Right, it balances them out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... You know, what I do is I'll, I will smoke and I'll get into a space and I won't necessarily be looking at anything specific. Sometimes I do, but sometimes it's just getting into that space. And I will look at fears where I am fear wise, where I am anxiety wise. And what I've noticed is being able to go and identify both in myself different behaviors around a fear. And then, which is something I can't always do sober going back and and experiencing what it was that created this or what what type of environment created this so for for instance watching my mother do this for so many years yeah watching and and then being responsible for 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 part of that usually um has created two things first of all i am also that person one of the reasons why i hate this in my mother is because when things become really overwhelming i will flail Instead of moving forward in any way, shape, or form, yeah, waiting for somebody to go, oh, I'll take care of this for you. Yeah, I hate that about myself. So you identify with the with the behavior completely. Identify with the behavior, and I didn't really necessarily know where that came from. Like, was yeah. it just something I watched, or something I experienced, or 
you know, how did I come about that behavior? Yeah. You know, so I was able to, in in all of this, I've been able to do some work around identifying the behavior in myself through her, where that came from, and yeah. then where I felt it when I was a child, and and not feel the anxiety around it. Yeah. And kind of move. So the other piece to it, which I'm really starting, just just starting to work on in, and think about is what you were saying is, you know, I don't have to be part of this. Yeah. What, what the anxiety for me is so rooted with my mother, that enmeshment. And I was just going to say, this is just another version of enmeshment. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. And yeah, know, I mean, you fix her problems. She fixes your problems. Your right. sister fixes this. Like, yeah. 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 I can see that it's a family dynamic more than just her behavior. Right. Yeah. Right. So being able to do both pieces, you know, that now I'm starting to do the work on, on, on that anxiety on my end going, okay, I don't have to be part of that. What I, yeah, it's like, I mean, I, this is all just like reigning in right now. Like you've talked about this before, yeah. not under this uh, ideal, but like with your sister and your niece, how you'll have them come over all the time and have them just sit there while you do something or whatever. Yeah. Like, as opposed to trying to find the internal ability right. to follow through with your own task. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When there's a big cleaning, st- you know, I, I've called my sister and said, hey, can you just come over and sit with me? You know, I will do yeah, all you've the Yeah, you've talked about that a yeah. lot. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. I just want, you know. So, yeah, I, there there is a lot of that. And so learning to try to work through that anxiety piece on my end. Yeah is interesting knowing that I don't, in this case, don't have to engage us, but there's a, I've been calling them fear walls lately. That's like, you know, cause that's what they feel like. You yeah. Know, you, yeah. You, you look styrofoam walls. Right there. And they are, they're styrofoam. Yeah. Yeah. Once you yeah, get, yeah. That's I, what I call them. The styrofoam walls. I like that, you know, yeah. and that's what they, they that, look so fucking real. They do. Yeah. yeah. They really do. Um, and so a lot of the, the work that I've been doing with, you know, the marijuana stuff, the, 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 the protocols for me is to, I love how you've made pot into, (laughs) like, a protocol and, like, all of this fucking, yeah. I mean, it's good that you do the work, but you just, it's so funny how you talk about it as, like, like the scientist instead of just being able to, to be present with it yeah, well, it, and that's how i started out too and i think i mean yeah, you think yeah, you know, yeah, that, you know yeah, a friend of yeah. mine had given me like three or four different uh it has types. to be it has to be in your mind some sort of medicinal practice instead yeah. of just just a, a way to calm tool. your body down yep and be more in your body okay so that's gonna be one more i'm gonna have to look at now like, <laughs> I, I, I you know well i mean it's just it's it's interesting how how you do that you you're not okay with just smoking pot no you have to smoke pot because of this or because of that or it's like and you have a protocol like the fact that you can link (laughs) protocol and pot together it just blows my mind but well you know i I looked it up and the clinical trials (laughs) wow okay all right all right. Yeah. That way, when somebody calls you out on being a pot smoker, right, you have a legitimate reason. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's very defensive of you. So, and it is, and you know, that's I. That's a funny. I mean, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that, but that's funny because I think for me, because you know, the new legalization, new legalization. By the way, it's been years. I don't even know how many years it's yeah, been. Yeah. Right. Us, but, you and know, you're, like, you're still like it. 
it's almost like you're trying to play the anti-pot grandma at the same time as being a pot smoker right and right it just it, it's so <laughs> awkward and weird because like like okay so earlier i had to roll a joint right i've never rolled a joint in my life i get cones and i pack them or i got a little rolling machine i use right and I prefer joints. I don't like bowls as much. I used to smoke with bowls and bo- and bubblers, um, bong once. But the what happened was I noticed that because I smoke so often, mm-hmm. the butane was affecting my lungs. Yeah. So when you smoke out of a bowl, you're lighting it and breathing in the butane as well as the the plant material, yeah. right? And the butane actually gets you higher than the pot because the butane puts you more in that elevated head high space. Yeah. Um, And it's really just lack of oxygen that you're experiencing in that. Yeah. So I smoke joints. And I didn't have anything, so Ed gave me some, and I I tried to roll a joint, which came out hilariously. (laughs) Um, But... But the as we were doing it, you know, I had I looked up a YouTube video and Ed was like, oh, you mean smoking medicinal herbs or whatever. Right, I just right. looked up how to roll a joint and he started laughing <laughs> and there was this guy that was showing, but he was showing with oregano. Right. And in my mind, I thought, like, why wouldn't people just be I mean, I've watched tons of videos with people that grow pot, people that, you know, show you how to make things with pot like why wouldn't rolling a joint be acceptable? So in my mind, it was like, whatever. Right. But when we got to the video, the guy was using, quote unquote, oregano. Yep. Oregano, Italian seasoning, so, basil, you know. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's it's just funny to me how in your mind, it's still very um, taboo in a yeah. lot of ways. And in my mind, it is the exact opposite. Like, I feel like drinking is more taboo than smoking pot. Really? I do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I see I'm okay with drinking. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go out and have a few drinks. That that would never... It may, you know, it may be also because of my, pers- like, part of what I do in my job mm-hmm. is I help people get their medical marijuana card. Oh, fair. So, I mean, I help people that are 80, 20, 15, not 15, 18, you know, 40, 30, like, right. there, there's no... I often see the diversity right. of pot smoker. Right. There's no stigma in your life. Like, there, you never see a there, stigma. None. Yeah. None. I'm still very much into, and, and I didn't smoke when I was younger. We've talked about that. I, it, it, yeah, I'm me a, either. I, I smoked my first joint at, I think, 32. Right. But but I had friends that smoked, and it was always so very secretive. Yeah. Very, you know, you you can't tell mom, or you or, or maybe mom was the one who provided it, but you can't, that's you know. so the, funny. The thing, you know. went to childhood, so that's where you're yep. still in that child yep. space. Because, because the behavior is the same. It's still, for me, very secretive you know i i go by you know nobody knows what i do i I go buy my stuff i have my medical card you know it's a thing but i don't do it for anybody else like you are the only other that's not quite true but you know you're like one of the few other people that i know that actually has seen you high well that has seen me actually yeah you are one of the very few people that have seen me high yeah um uh but i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no that's fine i was gonna say but you're one of the few people that that i know that actually smoke with a medical card and so on yeah. and so forth. That wasn't like a pothead beforehand. Yeah. You know, like yeah, that yeah. was just, uh, so yeah. And for me, I mean, because I really, I mean, I was into a lot of like psychedelic type stuff yep. at one point in my life. 
Um, and then I was very much into, um, like, uh, opiate type stuff for yep. a while. Um, which has been interesting because, like, I have a physical condition that requires that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I have to make sure that I'm not taking more than I should, that I'm not taking it the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like, I've even, I've caught myself a couple of times chewing them up before swallowing. Like, that kind of a thing. You know, I just, that happens with me. Yeah. Um, So that, that's, that, again, like, that feels taboo to me. But it's almost like you feel that way about pot. I do. And in my mind, I think because I didn't, I wasn't around it a lot. Right. It just wasn't the drugs that people I was around was use, were using. So as a as a 30 something year old, you know, right. walking into the pot environment, I very quickly just normalized it. You right. know, it just it's it was what it was. I told people I you know, I I never hit it. It was uh it was just it was what it was. Yeah. You yeah. know. But I looked at it from that medical standpoint of you know if my doctor can prescribe me opiates my doctor can prescribe me pot right and i got rid of opiates i got rid of benzos i got rid of these things that were negatively affecting me i got rid of drinking for the most part and it's all been replaced with pot and i'm much more functional it feels like something that can help progress Right. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. We have such a different perspective of that behavior of smoking marijuana. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it just it's funny how for you and it's not funny because it's typical, you know, for you, you're still in a very juvenile place with it where you're hiding it you're being secret about it. It's taboo. Like and that's when you were a child. No, yeah. As a, you know, 43 year old something. Yeah. Well, I'm 41 and I know you're in your 40s somewhere. Yeah, I so. think I'm 44. I don't I like 44, I literally have to do the math. Yeah, that sounds right. 44. Math yeah. every time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just know because I the 40 was a big, you know, thing for me. Right. So that's how I know where I am in that cycle. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> wow. So so we started this talking about your mom. Right. Right. And, you know, it's just I think it's all the same thing. It, it's yeah. all just that trying to be the good boy as opposed to letting yourself be a man. Yeah. An adult man. Yeah. Who doesn't need to go bail his mommy out. Who doesn't need to hide that he smokes pot. Who doesn't need to please everybody in the world to be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And that was one of the things I I was kind of seeing and hoping that you were getting out of the situation with your mom mm-hmm. is that you don't need to be there. You know, you you haven't been there for how long now? What, eight months, six months, something, something like, like that? that? Yeah. And yeah. she's alive. I, she's, as far as I know. I mean, she's I don't know. texting you, <laughs> right? right? The cat's not texting you. The neighbor's not texting <laughs> right. you, although maybe collecting her a check or something. But right. <laughs> like, I mean, but for real, like... Yeah. Your your mom's alive. She's healthy. She's walking around. I saw her the other day walking up one of the roads around us. Like, oh, cool. She's yeah. She's functional without you there. Right. So this is just another thing that she's going to have to go through without you there. And as a seventy year old woman or older, younger, right? She has the skills to manage that without you 
you are just the first easiest go-to. Right. But she's got four or five other easy go-to. So it's not even like it's making it harder for her. It's just making her... She's just trying to make you feel more guilty because you're the first go-to. Yep. So if she can get it with you, she doesn't need to get it from this or that right. or this or that, right. which may take a little bit more work. But she knows your work really easy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Well, she programmed it. She should. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> so I, I wonder, like, instead of going to the, oh, my mom needs me, is there somewhere you can latch on to oh, my mom is a 70-year-old woman and she has another a list of people she can call because she does, because that's how she's gotten through life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I do. Um, I think that that's, I mean, that's definitely more, so when I'm smoking, that's that's how I, that's how I work things. I go right. to places that I would not necessarily think about in order to like normalize it in my brain. Yeah. You know? Well, um, you, you get out of that little kid head. I do. I and do. you get into your adult mind. Right. Because that little kid head is still that PTSD, all that trauma, That's all that the shit. amygdala. Yeah. 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 It's the back of your mind. Um, all that instinctual yep. you know, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it allows me to do that. And, and so that's, that'll be a thought to introduce into, into. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if time. you could, if you could just have a visual Every time your mom calls you mm -hmm. of a list of people that she can call after you. Right. I think that would help you integrate the reality that you are just one of many resources that she can tap into. And you are the easiest target. And that's the big piece, the easiest target, because... It is. That will... Because it plays into my whole, I'm the only one that can fix the situation, you know, which, again, which, is part of that program. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. If you feel like you're the only one that can fix the situation and she validates that, yep. holy shit, that's like crack. Yeah. That's like crack. Yeah. So those are definitely some more more thoughts and more things yeah. to work through, work around. That, that Thank you for that. Those are, those well, are good. some. Good. I hope this, I hope this evolves. I can't wait yeah. to hear more. Absolutely. Today we have a guest, Kathy Drage. She's an animal communicator and she's going to be teaching us all about it. But first I want to give her a chance to kind of introduce herself. Tell us, you know, how we can get in touch a little bit about, you know, how long you've done this, that kind of thing. Well, hi, Jason and Ed. It's very nice to be here and I'm so glad to be invited. <laughs> when people see me talk publicly, I'll always say I'm basically a very shy person. But most people wouldn't know that because <laughs> what I talk about is this topic. And I can talk for such a long time because it's my heart. Yeah. The communication with animals and nature are my heart. And how long I've been doing this publicly is pretty much, I want to say, 20, 20-ish years. It came about in a way that um, I wasn't expecting it. But when I, I was reintroduced to it, when I was a child... I was doing that as well, and we all do that. I believe it's our original language. So certain things happened to me in my late 30s that woke this all up again, and I took different um, spiritual classes, journeys, and I 
was in awe of how quickly it was all coming to me. And then I realized that I was doing that when I was a child, and that's why it was so quick. Yeah. But I... Um, it's like you're remembering. Remembering, absolutely. Yeah. And um, it comes from my heart, like I said. And it was because this beautiful orange Maine Coon cat came into my life. And I met him on an elevator. He rode up to the third floor with me. And it was just history after that. He saved my life. Wow. And What was um, his name? Clem. 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 And yeah. that's an interesting little story itself. I named him Clementine because he was orange and it yeah. was January. Right. But he showed me that he was, was no Clementine right. in a little while. So Clement came to be. Um, and when he passed away... We'd been through so much together. I asked him, what could I do to honor his life? And he he said he wanted his life not to go in vain and to for me to go out there and what we learned together. And one by one, one heart at a time, sometimes it is public speaking, but sometimes it is just one-on-one -on -one to um, help communication. Yeah. Find the middle spot where the human animal and the other animal animals can meet in the middle, whether it's, you know, a medical or a behavioral or they've passed, just to find a wow. place to empower each and bring peace in each. So I do um, house calls, well, now since the pandemic, lots of Zoom calls. Yeah, I bet. Zoom I bet. and phone and always and... Um, you said information. So I used to have yeah, a website. Yeah, how do people get in touch yeah. with you? I, yeah. used to ha I used to have a website, and um, that went out in the ethers, and because I'm not very strong <laughs> at that, I left it there. So I have a Facebook page, and it's called Earth Talk, that has my information. And also um, my email is kdrage, the number four, animals at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And then my phone number, 207-462-2360. Perfect, and we will put that in the show notes. Yeah. All right. There are times when somebody's talking about what's going on with their animal or asking questions about it, and they will show me in my mind's eye the animal. They're in front of me. They're there. But they're always in my mind's eye yeah. as well. And they will hold up a mirror or a big mirror, and they'll show me. And it's not – they don't have egos, so it's not this look at yourself. It is just showing – as we steer this conversation, you should see that this is mirroring yeah. something that they're doing. And when the person can feel that, because they're not wrong, there's nobody wrong. It's about seeing and, and yeah. figuring that out. And once they do, they start seeing a pattern and there's always, you'll see the shift. It's right? amazing how how similar your animal communication is to couples therapy. I, you know, I was just thinking that it really is. It really I mean, is, you're yeah. you're talking about some of the very similar concepts, and it, it's amazing. Isn't that, it fascinating? Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't mean, know that really to be true, but you're telling me, so I believe yeah. you. Kind of so, humanize yeah. these these guys and yeah. and create drama around the relationships mm -hmm. that probably doesn't need to be there. Yeah. And. And it really is all about being heard. And that's for this. Sometimes there's medical situations that come along and there's just different. Um, so I use things, again, like that I see in my mind's eye. And a lot of times there's um, a taste that I have. My saliva tastes like certain things. And I 
smell things, see things, yeah. all sorts of nutty, nutty things. But, yeah. But but you learn what they are because some of the things are a hundred percent of the time that is like they represent of, something exactly yeah. represent that. Yeah, that makes too. sense. So, what are some uh, success stories? What are what's like a uh, a really good story that's going to give us the chills when you tell us? Oh my goodness! This is great. <laughs> Let me think. Oh, how do I focus in on one? Okay, not that you know, and it's and I mean to say I love so many different stories, and success is on so many different. Yeah, levels. I mean, for me, success was it's okay to put the dog down. Mm-hmm. That was that was what I needed out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and then to be heard. So there um there was this um lovely well, another great Dane has come into the picture. Oh yeah. And um she called herself Greta. She had a different name, but she called herself Greta. <laughs> and her humans loved her so much. And this was many, many years ago. And it is all about what they were focusing on. Um, and they were always, she was having hip issues. Yeah. And they were trying to find ways of how to help her. And they were going to doctors. And this is what you look at. So once again, the doctors did a great job. Everybody did a great job. And when I tell you what I'm going to tell you, it's very simple. But we got to look at things differently. And it was all because of Greta. Yeah. I just was able to say it out loud. But I, it was all her. And so I was doing, um, they had me come over and I was doing, you know, I call it different kind of energy work because I've been trained in different kinds and then there's some that I've adapted yeah. and then I just call it Kathy stuff. There you I <laughs> do it. So I was working on doing her Kathy hips, stuff. doing Kathy stuff, <laughs> you know, and some breath work and different things on her hips and having... They're asking me questions and having conversations in between. So next thing I know, I am by her head. And not that it would be unusual, but I'm there to work on her hips. And so she led me there to do that. So, and they were, you know, I showed them different things that they could do, help work on her ears gently, just different touches. And then that was the session and she was moving a little bit better they told me later on but once again one thing i love about energy work is that i it's an egoless thing to me you're raising the vibration and the one that you're working on is the one their innate intelligence takes over and they're the healer yeah so this is so later that night or a different night i was in bed and i was reading a holistic vet book because that's what you do right, right? Of that's course. what Kathy right. does so, but I just some <laughs> things are interesting to me and what opens up was this page and what this man was writing was that he has found that many dogs that have hip dysplasia have adrenal issues and pituitary gland issues oh my gosh yeah. so this is Miss Greta her body showing going up so this was many years ago. She's passed away since, but she's, I was, when I was trying to figure out a story, like who's coming yeah. forward and she wanted to do it because it's simple yeah. and it's subtle, but it's powerful. It's, it's powerful. And it's amazing to me. I am in awe of ourselves. I'm in awe of, of this and how that flows. And yeah. I'm just grateful for it. Um, it is amazing how animals know what they need. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not like us where we just kind they're of feel something. They're very yeah, intuitive they're themselves. Yeah. And, when, and we are always worried about stuff. We have different expectations. And they don't always expect us to be helping them. It is our duty. If they were on their own, they would go in a corner. It's not that they don't appreciate the help, and, and yeah. but that's a level of responsibility we've put on because we're taking them into the homes and it's our responsibility. Yeah, right. And all yeah. that, too. But it's just a subtle, subtle little thing. Um, there is another, it's not, it is a communication story, and it's got to do with me, and it's got to do with a little cat named Butterfly. And once again, it shows mirroring, it shows the healing power of what animals do. So Butterfly was one of four kittens that adopted me. <laughs> Their mother and I, and after Clem passed away, I, there was an empty household. But somebody said, there's a that. little black cat in my yard. She's a stray. And yeah. they just said, okay, I can, funny again to me, I'll, I'll, I can, uh, you know, bring her here and I'll let her go in and out. Like, we're not going to be bonded at all. Later <laughs> on, they said, Kathy, she's pregnant. And then it came to me in a dream that I, not even a dream, I woke up because I was going to help her place them. But yeah. that's how I said, you can't adopt them to anyone. They're Aww. all coming with me. The family. And so they're the reason I bought my home, too. But one of the four oh, kids, they're the reasons. You I was living in a apartment. Well, I said, I, well, my landlord might not appreciate five cats in a small <laughs> yeah, apartment. So, right, right. so off I went. So there are four kittens. And the mother was starving when she was, when she was, she was a stray cat. And she was young. She was probably six months old or so when oh, she was pregnant. Yeah. And then had them. But amazing mother. So there's four kittens, and the two youngest ones have the most medical issues, and they've passed away since. The other yeah. two are going to be 17 this month. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, but they had more space in the womb and, and all of that. But they, the other ones did really, really well as well. So Butterfly, she's this little dainty tortoiseshell kitty, and within a year of her life, she started scratching her neck. There was like, I noticed like a little hole and she would scratch. And then there would be different like holes and she would be scratching. So I have a holistic vet. We go there. We do holistic things. I did some non-holistic roots. And then finally she told me, start seeing what is right with me. And what wow. she would do is that she would be running underneath cupboards and um, bureaus and there'd be just a few inches space and I would not see butterfly and she would come out, eat, scratch like crazy. We had blood spatter and all the little murder scenes around oh my gosh. And I don't know. So here I am. I yeah. do what I do. What can we do? And she's telling me, I even wrote an article about it. She said, just see what's right with me. So we had some gentle lavender water. We would put the clear things up, but it stopped trying to fix that. So Fast forward, because she was like that for seven years. Yeah. And always just sleeping and then coming out and eating. And, you know, I felt really like we had a raw diet. They've never known any chemicals <laughs> in their life. And right. you'd think that would be enough. But right. it wasn't. So one day I decided to do this detox diet. And I was saying, well, maybe I'll lose weight. But it was about settling the nervous system. And that's one of the things that I noticed. I said, okay, it was 12 pounds, but I said, I noticed that I feel calmer. Yeah. So one day I was reading in bed, something maybe not as 
not a holistic vet book, you know, but something <laughs> lighter. And I noticed that she was walking on my bed and her skin had healed. There still wasn't hair on it, but there was no pets. And she was walking around and she was out ever since then. Yeah. So mirroring, she showed me. She was taking your... your she was end. showing yep. it, exactly, and just showing the nervous system and how connected we are in the mirroring piece. That's and, amazing. And I didn't notice when it changed, but she was just walking and she was a whole different cat. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a great little detox that I, you know, did. But right. I felt... Yeah, and humbling, like you said. I again, mean, like, so mind humbling. your own business yeah. and I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And do it. Start seeing what's right with me. Because yeah. what we focus on is what we see more of. And you get anxious because you feel helpless. That's incredible. And in this way, she, she really showed me, let me do that. Yeah. And I had a parrot um an african gray show that about to her humans because she'd been as we call a rescue mm-hmm. and she was plucking all her feathers out and she was so i wasn't she was so charming yeah. and she had that oh that leathery dark gray black tongue she was just amazing mm-hmm. and she had the sweetest disposition even though you could see that she could yeah, dice you up you know, in any second. But what she said was she wanted her people to know that, well, am I, she had me ask them, and is she growing new feathers? Well, yes, she's got all these new baby feathers. And she said, well, from now on, we're focusing on what I have, not what I don't have. And it was all with love. (laughs) It was all with love. But, and they did, you know, and she said other little things that she wanted, really enjoyed. But that's the way when, when we change that focus, it really can help shift things that's beautiful oh, yeah well thank you for this yeah thank you very much it's always a pleasure i hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u-2 Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.